0: Oh, thank you all for tuning in the 532nd episode of Barbershop Sports Talk with me, Daryl, D-Lane, as always, wherever you are, however you may be listening to me, you have making me in the show part of your day, whether it be a Spotify, a Team Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Air Radio SoundCloud, Pandora, whichever podcast, network platform, you may be listening to me via, and a great podcast for all you guys today, Gonna have. Kenny Simons getting expert for 247 Sports to break down and recap everything that happened for the NFC and AFC Championship Games, Championship Weekend in the NFL, the Final Four, Chiefs versus, versus Eagles uh, Super Bowl before I get to that with Kenny, I'm going to give my shameless plug. As always, first time listener, thank you. But subscribe and follow right now. Also, share this podcast with your friends and family, whether via Reddit threads, Facebook groups, et cetera, et cetera. Check on the description below, specifically use Spotify. I have it in timestamp. You can click on the timestamp. we'll no send part to the podcast you most like to listen to. Folks, it is for your convenience. Follow me on Twitter at Nitro underscore Lane. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. Just type in Daryl Lane. You'll find 35-minute clips of this podcast right here as well as my syndicate show outside the shop. And lastly... If you have Apple or iTunes, give me five stars and a great review. And for some odd reason I feel like the pod, then fret not worrying not folks, but just don't say anything. Because you know what your mama told you, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. And come next to the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. We're Dan Kenny Sim on the show. Come next at the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. with the Barber Sports Talk and we have Kenny Sim with us, scouting expert for Trench 47 Sports to break down, recap, and discuss everything that went down for championship weekend. The final four in the NFL. Niners versus Eagles. Chiefs versus Bengals. Kenny, how you doing? How you feeling? How you living, my guy? What a week of football. I'm
1: doing good, Daryl. Always good to watch the final four championship Sunday. Conference championship favorite round of the playoffs.
0: So let's start with this. Eagles dominate the 49ers. Uh, big win for Philadelphia. They really got to their roots running the football, pounding on the Niners. Obviously, Purdy got taken out the game with an injury. But what did you make of that game? Well,
1: I definitely won. The Eagles came in. is definitely part of the game script is the 49ers could not afford to start off being down from behind, knowing that rookie quarterbacks four starts in the conference championships. They're 0-4, four touchdown passes, nine interceptions. So this was in the realm of possibility that the Eagles could just blow the doors open if they got hot early on, just like they did last week in the divisional round. And for a, for a segment of that game, it looked like that was going to happen before the McCaffrey touchdown. And then, uh, you know, what, what worked that got Cincinnati back in the game in Philadelphia was those middle eight situations. And Eagles, in their game, Really took advantage of that middle eight situation, last four minutes of the first half, first four minutes of the second half. Um, they ended up scoring two touchdowns at the end of the quarter. Uh, and, you know, they got up 21 7, and it became clear at halftime. I don't know if the 49s were going to score 21 points the rest of the game, let alone stop the Eagles from here on out. But when Purdy went down, that really really made it difficult. You know, 49ers on their fourth quarterback. Um, On the road, against the best team in the NFL, really tough ask for that entire team.
0: Yeah, it's an extremely tough task. Uh, When Purdy went out the game, Kenny, I think you kind of tell, I mean, Josh Johnson, there's a reason why he was sitting at home a month ago, right? Like, He's not really an NFL quarterback. He can't throw the football. You saw when he was in the game how hampered the Niners were. And they really they really struggled with the ball. And even the one possession they scored when he was in the game, short field, Philadelphia's pinned back. Uh, Christian McCaffrey breaks a run, right a couple screens. But he's not an NFL quarterback, can he? Uh, and it just made things go from there. Did you kind of sense that as soon as Purdy were out? You were like, okay, this is going to get ugly. Yeah,
1: I mean, you can only do... So much, you know, he was signed immediately after the uh, injury to Jimmy Garoppolo just for depth sharp purposes to have somebody back up Purdy. So, I mean, you know, heaven forbid you ever get to a point in the game or the season where you have to put in Josh Johnson. So, you know, it's it's. It's real hard for them. On top of that, too, you know, they're going up against the best pass rush. I mean, they set a uh, the, the, the Eagles set a record. I mean, they, they have four guys with double digit sacks, 70 sacks in the regular season. That's been the most since the 2000 New Orleans Saints. So, you know, it's not like he's going up against an average to below average defense at home with the lead. That's ideally for all those pass rushers. So, You know, Josh Johnson had to step in in really tough circumstances. But, um, you know, that, that was definitely a possibility, you know, that the Eagles could start off extremely hot. And then that's when they're at their best because they just have waves of pass rushers that they could send you. Eagles go about nine deep on that defensive line. So... Between that and also knowing how limited the offense is throwing the football down the field, they're they're predominantly going to run every play. And if they are going to throw, it's going to be a screen or something, you know, within 10 yards. You you know, when a professional NFL defense knows that, that makes it, you know, hard to move the ball too because they they could eliminate, you know, a huge section of the field that – more than likely the 49ers are not going to try to test.
0: Were you shocked how well the Eagles ran it on the Niners?
1: Yeah, I mean... I mean, the vo- yeah, the volume... The
0: volume was there.
1: Yeah, I mean, the volume... They ran it for, like, 50, 3.4 yards a carry, uh... So, they somewhat held up, but I think what you're talking about is kind of those those touchdowns. You know, the one, uh, both of them, um, that Miles Sanders had, he went in untouched. That was, you know, surprising on the ease of that. And then, Boston Scott as well. Um, so on their touch on, on those three touchdowns, it was, you know, surprising that the running back was never touched on any of those three. And once Boston Scott it got Nick Bosa peeking in the backfield, really crashed down and that outside was open. Um, the second one that Miles Sanders had right before the end of the half, you know, they were able to pull the center, Jason Kelsey one on one with Greenlaw. He had a rough game today, so um, their offensive line is phenomenal. Um, They get the game ball, both running and pass protection. That is a solid, high-functioning unit.
0: Yeah, you know, you're right. And also, one thing I will say, the Eagles, Kenny, I don't know if you remember this, but I told you probably a few months ago, I felt like the Eagles were going to kind of dominate their way through the NFC the way the Panthers did uh, their Super Bowl year. They made it, and they kind of did that. I mean, dominate the Giants, another dominating performance against the 49ers, and obviously versus the Chiefs, that's going to be a completely different task in themselves. But the Eagles at wired to wire. They've just been the best football team in the NFL, right? Yeah. Yeah, 69-14, two playoff games. Um, but
1: they have been the best team wire to wire so now they are um sixteen and three now and two of those losses came with Gardner Minshew so you take that out the Eagles are now sixteen and one with Jalen Hurts as the starter this year. And you know one of the takeaways I had was once they really tried to get going, they got out to eight and zero. But they have they got players at the key spots, and I was just going loosely, just 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 loosely, top five or top ten at their position. I got eleven guys on the Eagles in their position group or top five or top ten, and it's. The Pro Bowl caliber players that they have at those key positions at quarterback, at tackle, center, wide receiver, uh, defensive end, off the edge as a pass rusher, corners, two of their corners. So it's the way they have built this team. Not only being aggressive with trades, you, you know, they acquired a, you know a lot of players via trade and free agency. But it's the, you know, the Pro Bowl caliber players at those premium positions
0: that,
1: you know, not a lot of teams have.
0: And they did this too. Jalen Hurts didn't even have like, you know, this wasn't like a super great Jalen Hurts game. He just kind of managed the game in 15 to 25, 121 passing yards. He actually missed a few throws, I thought especially in the first quarter, the Eagles could have really blown blow, could have really blown the game open. Uh, but Jalen Hurts, who was going to finish second league MVP voting, right? Like, he didn't even have to do much, and they still just decimated the 49ers. <laughs> yeah, I did that first game, too.
1: Um, you know, last week against the Giants, but, you know, get the deep pass to Devontae Smith, first series. That was one of the points to attack in the... 49ers were 24th in DVOA on deep passes and he had that one to Smith but then as you mentioned missed a few, he missed A.J. Brown up the right sideline early on too and and one of the weaknesses of his game is uh, passing against the Blitz but the 49ers don't blitz a ton either so it was kind of weakness on weakness so you know that's where the matchup also favored the Eagles is Um, the 49ers don't blitz a lot to begin with Uh, so he was not asked to do too much and then they kind of just lean on that run game and then uh, running the football you know got right up to where he was at uh, pre injury you know right around nine or 11 carries a game you mark him down for he had 11 and yeah he picked up a first down but um for the most part when they were fundamentally sound the 49ers in their QB zone raid, knowing who at the back who was the quarterback, they defended that pretty well and they have traditionally uh, the 49ers this year struggled against mobile, Quarterbacks, but they were actually pretty sound today defending the run game, uh, the uh, quarterback
0: run game. That's very true. So, Kenny, I'm going to give you three storylines and I want you to rank them. So, we have the Andy Reid Bowl, coaches for the Chiefs, used to coach for the Eagles. We have Jason Kelsey versus Travis Kelsey. I believe that's the first time two brothers are going to play in the Super Bowl. And we have. Mm Mahomes versus Jalen Hurts, one and two in MVP voting. What's the most interesting storyline out of the three of those? And let's rank them in order.
1: Well, I think the first one would be... I think the first one actually would be Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts. Because this is, you know, kind of the way it's worked out you know, after the Saturday games last week, there were six teams left, and those were the best six teams. And then conference championship, four teams left. These were the best four teams. So this has been pretty uh, very chalky this year in the NFL. So, you know, it it fits perfectly that sure enough, both quarterbacks are going to be one and two in the MVP voting. And The last time that happened, where you had the two MVPs, one and two, faced off in the Super Bowl. The second one I would say is probably Kelsey's, just because it's never happened before, and it is, you know, remarkable that that has happened, and both are. Both are, you know, pro bowlers and very important on their team too. It's not like one is you know, you got one as a you know, a backup or a special teams player. These are both both of them are key cogs in their offense. And then the last one would be Andy Reid. And I think there was a lot of positive feelings probably in Philadelphia with Andy Reid and it's happened, you know, he left eleven years ago. Now, same general manager, same ownership, but, um, you know, I think it was the time was, at that time, 2012, I think it was the time was right for both sides to kind of part ways.
0: You think the performance that the Eagles are having right now, you know, Besides the fact that you know Jalen Hurts doesn't have to play spectacular football, you think it does kind of somewhat undercut his MVP argument a little bit? Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm, I'm even looking at the weapons he has too. I mean, I mean AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Goddard, one, two, three. You know those three don't take a backseat to anyone's, and. He's behind that offensive line, and then that that offensive line. If you're behind a top offensive line, it makes a quarterback look really good. It makes an offense look really good. And I would say too, you know, find me the good offense with the bad offensive line. Find me the bad offense with the good offensive line. So that matched up with, you know, he's behind that offensive line. It really helps out running lanes. It helps keep them upright. Um, And if he's upright and he's able to step into
0: throws without any duress, you know, receivers are going to get open downfield. Yeah, that is a good point, too. Uh, And also, the offensive line by the Eagles, I want to say this. I think I've said this numerous times on this podcast, and I think you second this, Kenny. Best offensive line in the NFL. A lot was made of that 49ers pass rush, right? Bosa, Armstead, Kenlaw. I don't think Jalen Hurts got sacked at all. And a lot of the times, he had a very clean pocket, Kenny.
1: Right, and, you know, one of the things to look at is those negative plays for a quarterback. Um, turnovers and sacks. You know, Eagles ended up having one altogether. Hurts was sacked just one time. Um, one time for a, for, for a minimum loss though, but only one at negative play and, you know, really throughout the game, he was not under duress and I don't think Hurts ever threw a ball that was turnover worthy either. So he was able to really operate, uh, cleanly and, you know, when, when he's able to operate like that with the team around him, um... You get outputs like you do today. We've got early lead, and then second half, you know, able to comfortably run the clock, slowly pick up first downs, and keep the clock moving.
0: So the Niners back-to-back NFC Championship games. What's the one piece that the Niners are missing that's stopping them from winning this game in particular?
1: It was health. It was health at the quarterback position. If if they had Brock Purdy healthy, you know they probably could have strung together a couple of drives. And unfortunately, that was the first series he got hurt, so he didn't even get to see one or two series of a healthy quarterback. Um, but it would have been interesting because there was there there was a couple of things that were going to make it tough for him. So, you know, it would have been... I mean, the 49ers would have functioned a lot better with Purdy than kind of piecing it together at quarterback, and they really did have to piece it together. Um, but, you know, Purdy had never gone up against a awesome defense Last week, he did against the Cowboys. They were number two in sack rate and pressure rate. Number one in both categories was Eagles. And so last week, you know, smaller sample size. But last week, I mean, Brock Purdy was 3 of 10 against pressure for 24 yards only. And, you know, pre-snap motion. The 49ers run pre-snap motion more than any team. However, the Eagles were actually the number two defense against pre-snap motion. So those were two two points that I thought was going to be up, that was going to make it tough on the 49ers offense to begin with and why I kind of like the Eagles in this matchup. But, you know, if he was healthy, you know, maybe they string together a couple of drives and make this a close game which was definitely a possibility.
0: So let's do a hypothetical. Let's say Trey Lance never gets hurt. Do the Niners get as far as they got?
1: I'm gonna, Yeah, I'm going to say yes on this one. Um, I'm going to say yes on this one because I believe the 49ers are one of the only teams in the NFL that they're quarterback-proof where you can almost plug anyone in with the play calling. one of the few geniuses in the NFL from a play-calling perspective. There's a lot of good play callers, but there's not a lot of geniuses. Kyle Shanahan, one of them. Um, you know, the the, the, four, the uh, Eagles have a lot of players on offense, but the 49ers have a lot of players on offense as well. You just get them the ball. and do exactly as the play dictates, and it's one reason why. You know, Brock Purdy, as Mr. Irrelevant, was able to go you know 8-1 as a starter. So um, you match that up, I just think the 49ers are quarterback proof. And looking at the landscape, and this is a big one too, looking at the landscape, these were the top two teams, the top two rosters in the NFC. So even if they had an average Trey Lance, I don't know who was going to upset them. You know, now looking at the competition of the NFC.
0: Now, let's say Jimmy Garoppolo never gets hurt. Do they win this game?
1: You know, I'm still going to say no on this one. Um, It's actually Brock Purdy was playing a little bit better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, Jimmy Garoppolo brings experience. However, you know, some of the things Jimmy Garoppolo struggles with, he struggles with the pressure. Uh, that that Eagles front, regardless, is going to get pressure on the quarterback. He struggles. Uh, He'll play a lot of zone covers. He struggles throwing a lot of interceptions. You get that cover one robber. You buzz people down. You get maybe a late throw. You pick up an interception. Um, So, you know, Brock Purdy is more level. um, But I don't know if he brings out high ceiling or a low floor, he's just level, where Jimmy Garoppolo, you could get some really good, you know, late-game clutch performances and stuff, however, he does have, you know, the turnover bug hits him a lot, too, so, you know, all three of them, they all bring their pros and cons to the table, but, you know, the 49ers are one of the few teams with Kyle Shanahan, you know, I just think they're quarterback-proof.
0: So regardless of the quarterback, you think they end up losing to the Eagles in NFC Championship game? It doesn't really matter.
1: Yeah, I think they're going to play them. Um, regardless, you know, as the season kind of getting on the second half, those, those two really emerged as the top two teams week in and week out.
0: So can he give me a funeral for the San Francisco 49ers?
1: Look, like the San Francisco 49ers have been to the NFC Championship three out of the last four years, and um, you know, they're right there with the Eagles as one of the top rosters in the game. Um, I want to say they had the most Pro Bowlers, or I mean, they're right there with the Eagles. I mean, they, they have a bunch, seven, eight, uh, But but with the Brock Purdy performance this year you know, he's going to be back. And whatever they do with Trey Lance, I see it as the 49ers are going to go forward for the next couple of years with a quarterback on a rookie deal. So they could keep, so, so the 49ers could keep this core together. You know, they could pay Nick Bosa. Uh, they they could keep Kittle and Trent Williams and Debo Samuel. And they don't need to release or trade any of them due to cap constraints. So they are still set up to eventually in the next few years kind of knock that door down and get back to the Super Bowl and win it. Because they already have a great foundation to start with, but they're gonna have for the next several years a quarterback on a rookie deal. So this squad and this core, it's not going anywhere. So this was a tough year with injuries. Um Tough year with injuries, tough year at, at the uh, quarterback position from them. So to get to the NFC Championship, um, job well done this year.
0: So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break and come next to the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. We're going to get into Chiefs versus Bengals. Come next to the break on Barbershop Sports oh. Talk. The NFL playoff action continues. We're one step closer to Super Bowl 57. And for the NFL divisional round, check out DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new ad existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Boost your NFL winnings with one leg, you add up to 100%. I know, great deal folks. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code TPPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL Divisional Round and get 200 and free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Oh, we're back with Barbershop Sports Talk we have Kenny Sim with us getting an expert for Transports and Sports to break down and recap everything that went down for the championship games in the NFL so we're going to get to the AFC Bengals versus Chiefs the Chiefs finally get the monkey off their back Kenny how did they do it?
1: well they did it they did it winning the uh, turnover battle and they did it with some, you know, a couple of plays late. I mean, there was not a lot that separated these two teams. And so it was it was you know, probably two or three plays that were the difference and they were able to make those, you know, and they have not been able to do that the first three meetings. When they have played the Bengals, um, it was a late, a late sack of Chris Jones off the edge and the right tackle to force a punt. Which, if that does not happen, you know maybe Cincinnati continues to slowly matriculate the ball down the field for a score. It was, you know, a late mistake by Joseph Asai. Pushing Mahomes when he was out of bounds. That now moves the field goal up to more manageable 45 yards. And it was, you know, for the most part, both teams did not have strong red zone defenses. But it was, you know, I'm looking at the last play before the end of the half. It was the um, Chiefs buckling down, making just a play they needed in the red zone uh, to force a field goal. And that was, you know, the Chiefs got very, uh, the the, uh, Bengals got very close to scoring. So those are, you know, four-point plays right there. So it was only about three or four plays that were the difference in this game.
0: Now, Joseph Osai, Was that uh, a penalty? Last play of the game, one of the last plays of the game. Mahomes breaks contain, he's running, and he kind of gives him a little bit of a push-out when he's out of bounds. Should the refs have called that at that moment in the game, with so much being in the balance?
1: Yeah, tough, tough call, but, you know, a quarterback needs to be protected. A quarterback was out of bounds, and, you know, maybe if it maybe if it wasn't as, you know, as, as forceful of, of, of a push, you know, where, you know, Patrick Mahomes was sliding into the sidelines. It's not cold. But also, I mean, either way, both of them are running hot to the corner. You know, if, if, if Joseph Asai does not, you know, push him, you know, maybe Mahomes gets one more yard only so, I mean, you know, I think better awareness needs to be displayed by Joseph Asai in this case. Um, And so, you know, like I said, I mean, maybe Mahomes gets a yard more. And so he was out of bounds. So a little bit more um, control needs to be shown by the defensive player in this case. And when Mahomes goes you know, flying on the sideline, I think that did it. And uh, I think that did it for the, I, I think that was all that was needed for the uh, referee to kind of throw the penalty flag there.
0: Patrick Mahomes, 326 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, and a game where, before the game even started, there was a lot of questioning going on. How healthy actually is he? And Mahomes puts together a, Really, Mahomes' performance. What do you have to say about that, Kenny? It was a performance by Patrick
1: Mahomes. And as the game wore on, look at the ankle. He, he was laboring through that ankle. And, you know, a high ankle sprain, you know, usually that's, I mean, you know, at earliest three weeks. Probably later, and you know, for him to play on that, definitely, you know, he's looking through that. But he became a little, you know, the ankle was causing him to labor through. Um, you know, especially as the game wore on, it was tough, and you know, he he continued to battle. Um, a uh, depleted receiver room was throwing to and that 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 was tough as well. I think that that was more I, I think that was harder for him is going up against a very sound defense in Cincinnati and at the end of that game, I mean he was down to Sky Moore, who actually was not used a lot this year on offense as a second round pick. Marcus Kemp comes in and you still have Valdez Scantling too at receiver so you know anything to kind of work down the field and, uh, and 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 you know he he did that at the end of the game he also did that uh, to uh, take the lead at 20. 13 with that um, kind of piece work in the receiver room was impressive and that's definitely what you have to do as a franchise quarterback is you got to really that's uh, that—that's what the true great ones do is you know you could put anyone around them and they're still going to find a way to move the you know move the ball on offense and put the ball in the paint score sevens down there.
0: Burrow Mahomes, is this the new rivalry in the AFC?
1: I believe it is. I believe it is. Uh, These two are very impressive. I think these are the top two quarterbacks. Um, And, you know, what both were doing with their limitations Around them and keeping it close was impressive. And even take a look at Joe Burrow. I mean, Joe, Joe Burrow was down three offensive linemen. So you you know picture the flip um, you know, no no side. No three three. And the burden that puts on an offense, and, and so. To do that, you know, with really for the last couple of years, a subpar offensive line, and to stay in there and still be able to deliver the ball to the receivers, um, and and get the ball out and not be totally uh, destroyed by an offensive line is impressive on Joe Burrow too. And these two are just so so sound. You know, I mean, I mean, Burrow's picking up. I mean, he's picking up third and sixteens late. You know, he, he's orchestrating two-minute drives and starting on his own five-yard line. But uh, these... And, and, and Burrow's just in year... He's just in year three. And he's already five and two as a starter in the playoffs. And, you know, the Bengals, prior to 2021, they had five playoff wins in their franchise history. And Cincinnati is five in the last two years alone. So, you know, as long as they're able to keep that receiver core together, particularly Chase and T. Higgins, um, you know, I, w- I-, I would expect kind of one or the other, if not both, to always be in the AFC championship for years to come.
0: Yeah, you know, unfortunately, it looks like that's how it is. The Bills fan, Kenny. Sometimes you have to look around and read the room, and it looks like these are the two teams right now. These are absolutely the two teams. Why, why do you think, though, that the Chiefs, uh, obviously the Chiefs were able to get a lot more pressure on Burrow uh, than the Bills were able to? How, how do you think that was able to happen?
1: Well, the Chiefs, uh, coach, coach Spabs is really going to heat it up. And that is something that is ingrained in their DNA and saw something that's great that the Chiefs are going to do is they are going to blitz so they're going to go you know they're going to go with that mug look they're going to bring pressure four and five man pressures they're going to bring some simulated pressure as well with a corner as one of the four rushers um, and they're going to heat it up and that's something that the bills don't do they don't Blitz a ton You know They're a lot like The 49ers Where you take a look At blitz rates The Bills are one Where They're, they're going to Just rush rush Their four And they're going to Drop the others Into coverage Kansas City On the other hand They are going to Blitz And They are going to Take chances As well Jeez. So that's something That You know Spags has done His entire career especially to where there is I mean, there was at one point four of the five Cincinnati defensive basketball rookies as well. So you cannot depend um, on them to cover for, you know, three, four seconds. So sometimes they do need the blitz. It, it, it is paramount to that defense to blitz and try to get the quarterback to get the ball out quickly to kind of protect those rookies on the back end of the
0: defense the Chiefs three of the last four years Super Bowl appearances Mm -hmm. what does that say about this program that's the
1: premier program in the NFL I mean they're only one one, one of the few Kings that not only go to five AFC championships, five conference championships, but also host five in a row as well. And, you know, going to their third Super Bowl in four years, they're always going to be in the conversation and it's it's hard. There's a lot that needs to happen to win the Super Bowl. You need a lot of luck. You need a lot of luck. You need a lot of injury luck win a Super Bowl as well. That, that is definitely a factor. So, just to put themselves in position every year, you know, it shows, I mean, still, I mean, it shows it's the top, it's it's the top program in the NFL.
0: What Reed and Mahomes have done has been absolutely fantastic. This is very Patriots-like. Uh, Reed and Mahomes, um, as long as they're both there, I think we're gonna start seeing, out of the next ten years, Kenny. I would say at least seven out of ten in the Super Bowls. I'm gonna say Chiefs are gonna be in them on the AFC side.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're I mean, they're almost locked every year. Pencil them into the conference championship, and you know from from there, you know they'll take their chances, but they're. You know they they got the guy at quarterback. They were able to get younger on defense with all of those rookies in the back end. But not only that, they also got George office defensive end, in the first round as a rookie. So they they are getting a lot of production from their young guys, and those guys are in the program. You know, under team control for a while too. So, they're they're they have a solid a solid nucleus of players um, that are part of this team. And you know, when you don't have the uh, the key guys leaving a team, you're able to run it back with the same group. And you know, as long as there's not a catastrophic injury, the same results should probably happen every year.
0: Chiefs versus Eagles, Kenny. I know it's early. How do you see that matchup playing out a little bit?
1: Well, this matchup is going to be, you know, I think we're set up for a very competitive Super Bowl. And, you know, on one end, you have when the Chiefs have the football, you have strength versus strength with the uh, Chiefs offensive line and the and the Chiefs offensive line they are actually eighth in pass blocking so top quartile that's a strength of theirs and they're going up against that front four of Philadelphia that they pressured the quarterback and they and and, and They uh, pressure the quarterback, and they have the most sacks in the NFL. So offensive line, defensive line, that's strength on strength. And then you have kind of Patrick Mahomes against that pass rush. And this time, um, he has helpers up front, and he did not have that two years ago against that front four in Tampa. And you flip it around to the other end when the Eagles have the ball on offense. Um, you know, when the Eagles have the ball on offense, I think the chess match between offensive coordinator, Shane Steichen and Steve Stagnola is going to be fascinating because, you know, chiefs little thin at the secondary position, they're going to need their pressure and their blitz to get home to Jalen hurts. Um, So, that's going to be one to watch out for. Probably the weakest unit of the four offense and defense for both teams. The weakest unit is probably that Kansas City defense. So, they're going to need to pressure Jalen Hurts and get home on that offensive line. Which is very strong pass blocking, but Jalen Hurts does struggle under pressure in the pocket and against the blitz. So, what Kansas City does to get home on that is going to be you know, it's going to be fascinating to see how Steve Spagnola dials things up. Um, He's going to need some scheme. He's definitely going to need some scheme because this is uh, an offense that's more talented. Uh, The Eagles more talented than the Chiefs defense. So, how that shakes up, you know, maybe it only takes you know, maybe Maybe it only takes a couple of series here and there, and they try to win in a shootout.
0: Now, can you give me a funeral for the Cincinnati Bengals?
1: Well, the Cincinnati Bengals, you know, back-to-back AFC championships. They're on. They're on the right track. They are always going to be in the conversation you know, with Joe Burrow, and you know, for them, you just hope one of these years they could break through and get it. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's hard because of just everything that needs to go right to get to this position and then eventually win. And, you know, the NFL does stand for not for long, so they have eventually uh, a big a big contract coming to Joe Burrow's way, and deservingly so, and probably one coming to Jamar Chase's way. So, you know, for them, I look at, you know, they, they, they got about three more years in this window before those two contracts really kick in, and it's going to make building a team around them difficult. It's, it's just the reality of the NFL. So... They are on track, and with him, he, he, he's one of the few quarterbacks where, you know, regardless of what happens, offensive line, you got to let some players go. Um, they're, they're always going to be in the conversation, though, for, you know, Final Four in the AFC, getting the conference champ- championships, They're they're always going to be in the conversation when you got number nine at quarterback. And, you know, I don't know what it is with Lou Onarumo not getting any head coaching interviews, but it works out well for Cincinnati because they could continue to build that defense. And, you know, they got Lou Onarumo staying around as defensive coordinator. So you keep that together. But, they are close, and really, the next three years are going to be very important uh, because once you know, once the big money kicks in, you aren't. It's going to be hard to keep you know those three receivers and Joe Mixon together. So they are close, but urgency needs to be required because that's just the way the NFL is set up, where things are not for long. So this is their best opportunity right now. Um, for them to get their franchise first Super Bowl in these next three years
0: Kenny I want to thank you for coming to the podcast man I appreciate it thanks man we're
1: definitely set up in a couple of weeks for a really good Super Bowl
0: and once again I want to thank Kenny Sim for coming on the show I really appreciate it and I want to thank all of you for tuning in this episode the 532nd episode of Barbershop Sports Talk